there. Welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with Head of Development at Giant Space, Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bree? Ah! <laughs> I have no opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was an opening statement. Just, 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 yeah. Uh, we we actually just screwed up recording and <laughs> just gave a long monologue about ways Steve is a special snowflake, but you will never hear it, and we are just starting the show today. Okay. I, so I'm not actually a special snowflake, You're despite, a special snowflake despite how much Georgia suggests that is the title for every week's episode. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, we also have assistant games editor from Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> On a missing recording that has been lost to time forever, I explained to our listeners that, that I am staying in a hotel. But now I'm now you're all hearing it again. What's up? I'm still in a hotel. I'm still on the road, just like I was the last two episodes. And I'm still using my suitcase handle as a mic stand. And I am MacGyver. I'm great. Anyway, that's what's up with me. I guess we should explain that we're recording this on January 1st. So happy new year. Um, happy new oh, year yeah, chat room. That's right. Uh, it's new year's day. Yeah. Night. Whatever. <laughs> Time kind of flies when you're having <laughs> January fun. January 1st. Okay. It's January 1st for us. So we're actually recording this like a week ahead of time because Georgia is lucky enough to be going to CES. So we are <sighs> recording this this week so that Georgia can go to CES <laughs> and not have to, uh, not have to, uh, drive at a hundred miles an hour through the streets of Montreal to get back to, uh, to record with us next week. So, uh, yeah, we I assume our reward is that we get to hear about CES after she comes back. Right. That is true. Yes, we that better. is true. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, of course. <laughs> Georgia, I'm willing to trade with you, and you can run the, the giant space cat starship for a week, and I'll go to CES. Do you know, I, I'll probably drive that into the ground. <laughs> it doesn't take me long. No, no, you could give us the leadership we need to, to conquer the entire game industry. Oh, oh hey, if you, <laughs> I don't think you should do that. That doesn't sound safe. Georgia may not be the may not be the leader that you, that they want, but she's the leader they deserve. Oh, <laughs> mm, that's true. Wait, that no, that's be, the yeah. other way around. Wait, right? wait, no, yeah. not the one they deserve, the one that they want. Yeah, something like that. Something, I don't know. It's the one that it's the one that they need. We should we really should know the quote before we. I, I, this is why I don't anyway. quote movies because that's just a bad idea. Anyway, you know we, what? I like Marvel comics. Okay, everybody, tweet at me and challenge me about what? that if you want. <laughs> I mean, your love for X-Men is not exactly a... Yeah, this is not new news. <laughs> I mean, I like all comic book movies, but I thought those Christopher Nolan Batman movies were like some of the finest films of the last decade. Yeah, Even the Hulk ones? No. Okay. That's, fair. that's, that's fair. fine, but I don't, I don't <laughs> like, you know, I, if I'm going to watch a movie, I would rather be X-Men. That's all. That's all what I'll say. What about Catwoman? Oh. <sighs> Halle Berry one? Yeah, that's the um, worst. Well, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was a really great Catwoman. That's that's, that's a thing I'll say. I don't know the yeah. last two. The last two times that I've tried to watch movies, they Marvel movies, they were the, both of the Thor movies. So that's you know that's just my yeah. bad luck. But, but the last Ooh. one was so oh. good. Thor Dark okay. World. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I liked it. It was the best of the I Thor movies. Don't know. That was there was a lot of hand wavy mythology that I didn't really care about in that movie, but you know. And I fell asleep through the middle half, middle part of it, so I didn't really know what was going on. Anyway. It was easy on the eyes. Is this a video game podcast? Where am I right now? No, this is a shirtless Thor podcast. I don't know what we're doing. Mm. Anyway, we also we also have... Wait, psycho- wait, wait, Georgia, what do you think of shirtless Ooh. Thor? Are you for him? That is acceptable. Okay. I, acceptable. I would agree with that. That could be in his contract. Yeah. Like you need to ask movie. me, but right, I'm right. for him. 
Steve, how do you feel about shirtless Thor? Uh, I'm indifferent. Okay. I feel like you're outnumbered here, Steve. I feel yeah. like you're for him. Yeah, okay. I think we have to vote for Steve on this one. That's fine. I'll I'll I'll, I'll abstain. How about that? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We also have psychotherapist by day and senior <laughs> editor from iWore.com by night, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? I have an opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> so every single week we get to vote. Steve sends us a list of things we get to vote for. And every single week I vote for Steve is a special snowflake. And every week it's not Steve is a special snowflake. And I'm always usually the only one that votes for that. Well, we got on board. We got on board this and week. Last this week, week, Georgia voted. Week, and yeah. yeah. Say it, Maddie. Say it. Last week, Georgia voted for Steve as a special snowflake. And Brie got on board and Woo-hoo! voted for it as well. So I was like, you know what? This is the week. <laughs> Steve is a special snowflake. That's the title for this week. I'm going to vote for it. And I, I voted for another title just as a backup. But I shouldn't have done that. I should have just voted for Steve as a special you snowflake. You should have forced my hand is what you should have done. Yeah. I really should have. And I messed up. And I voted for what <laughs> became the episode title instead because Steve just is a special snowflake. Steve is such a special snowflake that he doesn't want to acknowledge it. It's part of it. I'm humble is what it is. You know what we could do is this week we could all suicide the vote. Steve is a very special snowflake. And then with all three of us suiciding that vote. We could just start adding in different adjectives to the snowflake. Right. Like Steve is an exceptional snowflake. Steve is a unique snowflake. Right. We could have it. It would be our, Steve our is snowflake a one period. of a kind snowflake. Steve is giving the side eye snowflake. Yeah, I like that one. That could be this week. Steve is the Megatron of snowflakes. Yeah, those are just all possible titles. So, I mean, I'm we're really going to come up with a Megatron. Anyway. I think we should probably go ahead and come up with all 52 weeks of 2015 now. <laughs> just all the snowflake themed episodes that we're going to do. Because I mean, it. it's January 1st, so I, I feel like now's a good time. Right. I don't know. Right. We could spend the next hour coming up with those. I, I mean, what else do we have to do, right? So before right. we start the questions today, I, I have an issue to bring up. Oh, my God. I have an issue to bring up. So um, Giant Space Cat, you know, we are prepping our next game, Cupcake Crisis. And, you know, as, a, as an iOS developer, we have a plethora of devices. We have, you know, iPad 2s, iPad 3s, iPad 4s, iPhones, 5Ss, iPhone um, 5Cs. We don't have an iPhone 6 Plus. And we're going to buy an iPhone 6 Plus to test it since, you know, it's been a really, really well-selling model. And, you know, we need to run it through the paces. So I am looking through different reviews of it. And I'm like, oh, well, let's just go to these fine people over at iMore and read their their coverage for the iPhone 6, 6 uh, Plus. And I'm just reading this. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay, cool. They're, they're, they're interpolating these pixels there. Okay, cool. The camera doesn't stick out. Good things. And then, boom, they're in the middle of... The review is George's butt. It's just a picture of George's butt in the review. And I have to tell you, that's it is a really awkward moment to like be reading tech coverage. And there's your friend's butt right there with an iPhone 6 Plus in her pocket. It's just like, you know, right, right. It's like, oh, well, there's George's butt. So, yeah. How did you know it was my butt? Wait, and you're making me make the show title about me being a special snowflake after that? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be tough. 
There's a lot of competition here. I'm just, I, you know, Georgia, I'm not saying like when we had hibachi, I was like looking at your butt, but I just knew <laughs> it was your butt. I just did. This, this show just took an extremely awkward turn all of a sudden. We're all the, friends here. It's the fine. The funniest part is that after you tweeted that, I had to <laughs> click on the link to see. Because I'm like, how is my butt in this picture? <laughs> and then I looked. Like you couldn't looked. remember that you had done that? Right. Well, I, well, I'd be, I, I, I didn't remember. That's so I'm going to have a weapon at you. So I'm like, uh, what, what is this? <laughs> so you thought it was a bunch of Brianna so nonsense, right? I, was, I didn't know. I don't know. Coming from you, Brie, I'm, I'm never. I mean, I clicked sure. on it. That was like <laughs> an upworthy <laughs> level tweet where Brie sent that tweet. And I was like, I right. have to click on this now. Like I have been upworthied. I've been buzzfed this, this link. <laughs> And I got to scroll. And I honestly, honestly, Georgia, I did not even read the piece. I'm really sorry. I didn't read it. I just scrolled it. I just scrolled right through that. I was like, get me to that pic. There it is. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah. It's all yeah. that. It's all that hawk training you're doing, I think. So, Matt, really can, I ask you, can I ask you a question? Did George's butt sell you on an iPhone 6 Plus? Oh, uh, no, it did not, Steve. No, okay. it did not. And you know that it didn't because my hands are tiny and I can't hold a phone that big. I'm sorry. But George's back but, pocket can. But George's, so. yeah, that was a nice pun. So, yeah, looked great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is it a six plus in the back pocket? I'm going to go back and check out yeah. the article again. Yeah. yeah, you should do that. But it's weird to be reading an iPhone review and go like, wow, you know, I should do more squats. You know, like, yeah, right? <laughs> George is in great shape, everybody. She is, she is. She doesn't need to change a thing. Just keep it up, you know? Just just keep doing what you're uh, doing. Uh. Are we making you uncomfortable? Is this is this the, the show that just becomes like this. we all get sued for sexual harassment by Georgia Dow shortly after the show concludes? And then isometric was no more. I had to look myself. So I can't even say anything because then I was like, wait, what? Really? Did I? And then I'm, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember that now. I can just imagine what's going through George's head as we're starting the show is this is finally the week that we're going to let go of the serial killer angle. <laughs> and, and George is finally going to be finally going to be, you know, off the hook. And then, you know, this then... might be a worse hook. <laughs> Do you think well, Armor will use your butt in future iPhone coverage? <laughs> I think it's a great photo because I mean everybody wants to know if it's going to fit in their back pocket, right? You know, <laughs> it had it had merit. It wasn't just exploited. How how did you set up that photo shoot though? Like who was it? Your idea to be like, hey, so what if we put the iPhone in my back pocket and then we put a photo of my butt in the article? Did you? <laughs> no, I'll actually tell you how it went because it was going to be Renee's butt. Um, he was wearing these baggy jeans. And so um, mm. when we were filming and you wanted, it, they wanted a tight the, the, jean. The, the, <laughs> no, I understand. I, I know a lot about journalism. So the phone went all the way like there wasn't like they weren't regular sized pockets. So it didn't make any sense. And so then I'm like, well, I'll put on a regular <laughs> pair of jeans. And then um, you change clothes for this. I okay. was, I'm wearing Snuggies. I wear Snuggies like 24 seven. 
No, I totally did. It was actually a lot a while ago that we took the photo when we first bought the phones. I feel like so I we're just, just gonna glide excited. by the fact that Georgia and just said that she wears snuggies twenty four seven. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I like can't. comfy pants. It's not like the snuggie hoodie thing that's like a blanket. <laughs> oh wait, they have like those jumpers now. That's just like a blanket that you zip her no, up. No, I know. You... That's what I thought I she was talking about. I don't have about. anything that's I... that cool. I'm not that hip. <laughs> Is that cool? I'm, I'm cool? pretty sure that's cool if you've given up, then maybe that might be cool. <laughs> this is allegedly oh. a show about video games. Yeah, so we should we talk about know. video games, do you think? Because I, I think I we can know. talk about George about George's fashion choices for the rest of the episode. The show, but that's why it, I, I think like it when the show back. is about George's butt. I think we should just cancel People love that. <laughs> I wonder how many clicks that article got after Bree's tweet. That's we what I want. We had a pretty know. good run, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> so we asked you guys to send in questions, and thankfully, none of you were sent in questions before this whole conversation. After this conversation about Charles the bot. found the link. Of course, he did. Oh, that's not even the Jonathan Colton is, version. Yes, it is the iPhone 6 Plus review. <laughs> I really hope he linked you to the Nicki Minaj version of that hook not, and not the original <laughs> because that's a better song. Anyway. Anyway, so we have questions from the audience um, that that we solicited and uh, some some of whom are listeners and also hosts on the show. So I'll, I, and I, I'm I'll start with with at Georgia <laughs> underscore Dow who asked, "What was your favorite moment for, from the show over the past year?" And I, I'm just going to say right now, it's what it's mine <laughs> because this is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do we all get to pick, or I does guess, only Georgia yeah. get to pick? No, no, I want you guys to Georgia say. Georgia wants us to, Georgia doesn't, doesn't have a favorite moment. She wants us to give her one. Okay. <laughs> um, I think maybe mine was when Georgia just decided that on the show we were going to play Name That Game, and she didn't tell anybody what it was or what we were doing, and we just spent 20 minutes doing whatever Georgia told us to do, because that basically never happens, ever. And I had no idea what was going on, because I hadn't been prepared for it in any way. And it will probably never happen again, and it was really great. How would have you prepared for it? That's probably my favorite part. Would have you actually studied? I don't don't know. I I would have just known that it existed. Okay. I, I don't, I wouldn't have prepared by trying to cram or anything, but I, I just, I, I was really baffled. Also, I feel like sometimes Brie and Steve secretly know what's happening on the show and I don't. And it's probably because every, I don't know how they know they have psychic powers and I don't. No and one so knew. that was a no situation one. where it seemed like everybody else knew it was happening and I didn't, but actually I don't think anybody did. No one so, no. all right. So yeah, no one knew, but we all kind of had to act like we knew. So if anybody goes back and listens to that episode, just know that none of us knew what was happening. But the coolest part is with no one knowing, you guys all made a theme song. I made up a song. Yes, I made up a song on the spot. You guys all, Steve was back up, Bree was the beatboxing. That's right. That was the coolest moment. And then we got got remixed by Jonathan Mann after that. We did get remixed by Jonathan Mann, which was really fun. And other people listened to that song and didn't understand what it was from, because why would they? (laughs) And that was really great to see as well. True. Because, you know, those people should be listening to Isometric. They should really get on that. Yeah, what's up? Bree, what was your favorite moment? George's butt. (laughs) 
not just say the same thing Steve did. No, uh, I think I think my favorite moment of the the show would be broken into his like six separate parts. The uh, running motif of the show for the first year, where I would very confidently and authoritatively tell you guys that a game sucked, and then I would come back like an episode later and and like, oh my god, I was so wrong. So I did this with. Pokemon, I told Steve That's very true. confidently yeah. that it sucked. Yep. Got completely addicted to it. Uh, Maddie, I did that to you with Super Smash. I actually think I said something as stupid as it's a game without any depth. Yeah, which you did. was so... Yeah. You probably yeah. would regret if you listened to it again. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, that was really stupid. I told Georgia that uh, Candy Crush sucked, got addicted to that. Um, what, other, what other games are I'm there? Wait, I'm waiting for Desert Golfing. But no, you know, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That'll that's, never happen. That's not That'll never but happen. I think this is a good quality of mine because I can, you know, have an opinion about something. But I think it, it, it speaks to you when you can take in new information and evaluate your opinion and, you know, admit when you're wrong. And I actually <laughs> think that that trait makes you a good leader. So, you know, like, um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm glad that I got to know Smash because, like, that game, I'm just ridiculously addicted to it at this point. And, like, that's like Frank and I were up until 3 a.m. last night playing that game. I, I was joking, but I think that my, my favorite moment from the, the show was probably when we started talking about Hashtroids. Yeah, because yeah. I remember, especially, um, and, and it's kind of funny after everything that happened after that. But I remember that when we did that episode, it was like after three weeks of just horrible news, and we had this conversation about do we really want to talk about this really depressing stuff again? And we just made the decision that it wasn't. And I just went through and found a whole episode's worth of unicorn chasers, and we just talked about stupid stuff for like an hour, and. <laughs> Then, you know, got Georgia addicted to the game during the show. <laughs> and, it's a pretty good game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of other people wrote in and said that it was actually really good. And yeah. we, had, we had to all And I think, Bree, you tried it out and said it wasn't too bad either. No, I yeah. liked it. I liked yeah. it. I liked <laughs> it. We made fun of it a lot. And then we had to actually admit yeah, that it was good. I, I st- I, no, I stand by my opinion. <laughs> actually, I think my favorite moment was us all going having hibachi you know together like that, well that awesome. wasn't on the that show was, that was like some, that should have some... been a show but i just think of the of the four of us hanging out as the show you know like yeah. anywhere so like you know that party we had at your steve's that georgia wasn't invited to steve <laughs> that was that was great you know <laughs> yeah that was that was did yeah. you at least have the cardboard cut out what we well we had we had one of my daughters fill in for you in smash okay that's that that's that's probably perfect yeah, we said what, this, this one of the you twins. She's really going to be playing Georgia. as Georgia. Yeah, weird. yeah. <laughs> but you you laughed hysterically every time that a character flew into the screen. That's probably that's probably about me. <laughs> so Georgia, accurate. what's your favorite moment from the show over the past year? Oh, uh, you know, I've had a whole bunch of them. I think that when when Bree first and I'll say it, but when Bree first uh, made my nickname, I thought that was brilliantly funny uh, because I hated it at oh, first. Yeah, but now wow. when yeah, but now when every anytime someone says it. Says I love what? it. Says what? <laughs> I'll do. I'll do it because, like, this is like our end of the year thing. It's it was Dawabunga, um, <laughs> and I love it. And people like now like tweet it out on other podcasts that I do, <laughs> so no one knows what they're talking about. And so they'll be like on Vector or another Clockwise or something else, and they'll be like Dawabunga, and everyone's like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> it's like amazing, and it cracks me up. So. 
Um, that was an amazing moment. Um, the first time we did the show, and I'm like, ah, you know, this is this is probably going to be horrible. And it was like, again, like the the train wreck of awesome. Like, just it's just so cool. I think I'm every week. I'm so honored that I get to do the show with such cool people and have such fun and stupidity and um, deep thoughts. And we can go through all of them. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, they're they're all my favorites. You guys complete me. <laughs> <laughs> I love actually when we go off the rails. That would be it. That's my favorite moments or when we yeah. do something and we just, it's, Steve cannot control us. Oh, like I, feel I, like, like I, I even feel try like, yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I feel like I am like the Kramer character of, of Isometric where every week you just don't know what's going to happen and I'm the chaos ball that just gets the episode started every week like with some wait, crazy Wait, wait, tangent. wait. So who's, yeah. who's everybody else though then? Well, Steve is Jerry, clearly. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Who do you think I am though? God, would you, be a, would you be Elaine or George? I think Georgia would be Elaine and I think I would yeah. be George. And I, I think do dance sad. a little bit <laughs> like Elaine. I, I really do dance a little like Elaine. <laughs> People can write in and say which Seinfeld character they think we are. All right, let's get going. Okay. So we have this person, Space Cat Gal, who asks, so what is your favorite Mass Effect game and why? So we'll start with Georgia. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I might not, I might not have anything to, to really say about it, but. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I'll answer it. I, it's a tough call between two and three. One had some really tedious, uh, mineral collection elements and the replayability of it is, is tough because of that. There are just some, some parts of the game that are really tedious, but I did enjoy it. Uh, so I guess two, I know three is an unpopular choice, but there were some narrative things that happened in three that I really liked. I liked Edie being a character that could walk around. She's the AI on the ship. And I, I really liked seeing that in the game and um, just the, the payoff uh, narratively. I know a lot of people are upset about three. So this is like a controversial <sighs> opinion, but I really liked, liked it. But I, I guess, I guess I would still say two. If I was going to recommend that somebody play only one of them, I would say two. So I don't know. I guess I'll say two, but three is really good still. That's what I think. Yeah, I would say two also because what, what do you think, Steve? I, yeah, I you know I mean I had to put down Mass Effect three for like a year and then go back to it. So it's a two I was able to play all the all the way through, and I just felt like the the combat in three wasn't really as much as as good as the combat in two. It just didn't feel as good to me. I actually didn't mind the mining a lot. I actually kind of found that a little bit soothing. Actually, in the first one. I didn't mind the mining in the other games. No, the what whatever the resource collection was in two wasn't mining then. What? Yeah, it was mining. I liked the resource collection in two. It was kind of soothing. Yeah, no, I agree. The first game was the only game where I was like, this is tough. Yeah, no, the first, the, the one in the first one, I mean, the elevators and everything else that was going on there in the first right, one was, right, was right, bad, right. But, it just doesn't hold up super well. Two, I actually liked scanning the planets in two. It, I would like sit there and just hang out with people and talk to them and scan planets boredly. That's a sad thing to admit, but it's true. <laughs> and I kind of like the elusive man as a character more in two, and I didn't feel like they really used him as much in three. And I and and even when he was there, he was he was not really as much of a of an influence. And I kind of liked that, that back and forth between Shepard and the elusive man. And I mean, part of it is also that I broke my toe, right? Like the day I got that game. And so 
I really didn't have anything to do but just put my foot up and play that game for hours, which I don't normally have that opportunity to do with the game. So I kind of have I kind of was able to play through it more in like a in more of a a straightforward way than, you know, kind of the half hour to an hour at a time that I usually get. So that doesn't really have anything to do with the quality of the game. It has to do with my clumsiness and breaking my toe. But now I have to say, like, the thing I wanted to talk (laughs) about for this wasn't like which Mass Effect game is the best. Like that's everyone. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think two is the best one, Um, though. I agree with Maddie that three is a fine game. It's this angry nerd storm that unfairly denigrates the the fine, excellent work that the people that worked on that game did. And I played it through like what five times again now and it's it's a great game uh i just wanted to talk about mass effect for like a whole show so you know i'm sad that we can't i'm sad that we can't do that i I think i think what i think what we'll need to do is we need to get georgia to play mass effect and then we need to have a whole show talk playing play you've got to play mass effect it's so much okay which one start two two. start with two okay 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 Okay. (laughs) got really angry two georgia how could you even ask that stupid question (laughs) Yeah, we just spent like five minutes telling you which one. Right. Sheesh. I'm sorry, Pay I wasn't attention. paying attention. Yeah, Mass Effect One is good background, but I don't think you need it in order to pl- to get the experience of the whole. Yeah, the it'll. Whole if they, they, they don't list. necessarily expect that you've played every game. Even the beginning of three, they kind of try to give you some background. But but two, I think, is a better place to start. Siri, set reminder to buy Mass Effect Two. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Shall I create it? Confirm. I've added it. There we go. It's wow. done. Yeah. You can actually get it as a trilogy, <laughs> which is probably going to be cheaper than Finding 2. But Well, oh, I hear true. that they're going to – I uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I hear that they're they're working on an HD remaster for PS4. So. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I don't even think that you, – you don't even necessarily need to have any knowledge to say that. I would be shocked if they weren't working on something like that. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So uh, I think it's one of the finest games ever made. I also think one, like playing back through one, the combat is a little, is a little. It, it's not the best, and uh, what I don't like is like renegade in one means like you know, hey, I'll go agree with these space racists. Like, you know, like it's less, uh, you know, what I like about um, the renegade option in Mass Effect 2 and 3 is it's more like I will do whatever needs to be done at any cost because my mission is that important. So, um, you know, but one, what I think is really good about one is I think it has by far the strongest ending uh, because like the boss fights at the end of two and three are pretty widely agreed to not be the best. So I think one had a fantastic ending. I mean, they're they're I think it's the greatest video game saga ever made. So, yeah. you know, that's me. I need to know something first. Are yes. there any orcs in the game? No. OK. okay. There are other there are other races. Of- yeah, there are other alien races. You it's, can it's kill them. It's sci-fi. Okay, it's not fantasy. Okay, that's good. That's good. There will be other hulking monsters. Don't worry. And some <laughs> of them will have feelings. It will It will feed your need to murder. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely will, actually. You got you to gotta murder a lot of space aliens in that game. 
All right. So, uh, you know, uh, why don't we take a break and yeah. then we can then we can get to actual questions from actual listeners. We're going to take a break and tell you about Squarespace. And you've heard us talk about Squarespace before, but they just came out with uh, Squarespace 7. They've made everything simpler and easy to use while retaining the power and complexity of the Squarespace platform that you already know and love. Uh, Squarespace 7 takes all the features from Squarespace 6 and puts them into a seamless experience. They've uncluttered your workspace, simplified the whole website making process by letting you add content and customize your design all in one window. You're going to spend even less time building the site and more time doing what you love. Uh, for a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code isometric. Um, there are new features in Squarespace 7 like cover pages. Uh, sometimes you just need a simple page that you can just put up and promote a new product or a new feature or something like that. And you can do that in Squarespace 7. They've partnered with Getty Images to give you access to over 40 million professional stock photographs that are available for just $10 an image. Um, they've got new templates. Um, they're working with musicians and artists and architects to come up with new templates that uh, cater to, to different kinds of sites. You know, we use Squarespace for our our site, Fandas.biz, which you can go visit. We, I don't know if we've updated it in a while. We really or should. We, re- yeah, we need we to put up. Uh, we will put up stuff, though. We need to put up. Actually, I need to forward it to you. We, we need to put up David or- David North's uh, new uh, fan art that he did of us and put yes. that in our, in our fan art gallery. But you can see all the fan art that people have done with us. And that's, that's a really simple site that we put together, you know, with out a whole lot of you know not taking a whole lot of time and just kind of updating it every so often and it's super easy and you can see what's available um it's we love squarespace it's super easy you can go ahead and get started with a free trial no credit card required and start building your website today uh, when you sign up for squarespace make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10 percent off and show your support for the show and thank you very much to squarespace for their continued support of five by five and isometric uh, squarespace a better web starts with your website yeah, there was a dark time in my life where I thought I could go on no further. It's Squarespace was there for me. I just want to say that. It was great. Aww. They were great. <laughs> You're probably kidding, but that's kind of true for me. <laughs> I use Squarespace to like put my website on, and the fact that it's really easy to use, it's really easy to like moderate the comments on my site. <laughs> My personal site, that that is a blessing for sure. And I've talked about it on the show before, but it's nice to know that right. I can do that. Right. Are you going to be like doing a new Peace and Space album soon? Because I want like more I would of that. love to do that. I would love to do that. Um, I've been talking with some other musicians about recording a fan fiction album <gasps> by about Princess Peach for oh Gamer X this year. So we are going to do a Princess Peach themed fan fiction music thing. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Take my money, Maddie. Con. Take my money. Um. Yeah. So that that's going to happen. But uh, a whole bunch of people want to be involved, and we haven't really organized it yet. But so far, it's just Jetta Ray and Catherine Cross and I oh who have god. been emailing a ton of ideas about it. But yeah. So that's that's something that's very likely going to happen at GamerX for anybody who's going to that. And uh, also personally. I have a bunch of music that I really want to record in 2015. So, Yay. yeah, Yay. that'll happen for sure. Sweet. I found out today I'm going to have a panel at GamerX this year, which I'm really excited what? about. So, awesome. Sweet. Maybe yep. our listeners should go then because two out of four isometric people will be there. Maybe the other two, too? If we'll we'll drag Georgia and Steve there. We'll okay. get them in That sounds great. It would be sure. nice if they would come <laughs> and see us. <laughs> We should have Catherine Cross on as a guest. I yeah. love her. She's, she's, she's yeah, the best. That would be great. End of story. I mean, I, you guys are great, but Catherine's <laughs> great. No, I, I, we know how you feel, Bree. It's okay. We're, we're, you know, we, we know how we rate. All right. So uh, so we got a couple of questions from um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle this. Mani Mani Kazameta, what crummy game do you love playing? But you're ashamed to admit. Well, I have an answer for that. Okay. Uh, I love a very bad game called Piano Three, which is it was a Dreamcast game, and you know this came out from the same guy that made uh, Resident Evil, and this game is it had a really cool trailer for it because there's this character known as uh, Vanessa Snyder who just dances throughout the whole game, and she wears like these skin tight uh, body suits and. The entire game is based around this flip and dodge mechanic as you'll like dance and dodge out of the the way of a blast and then like fire someone with your palm blaster. And there's a real rhythm to it. Uh, Now, the thing is, this game is terrible. And, you know, it very reasonable, like for good reason, got like fives, fours and sixes. Uh, But for just whatever reason, uh, I think it's like the dancing mechanic and the fact that it's like techno music and it's a really cool, you know, protagonist that's a woman. Um, I just I'm really into that game. I'll say almost any game that was like from my childhood. So, like, I think that they're amazing games. (laughs) Probably not. So it'd be like Hubert or Tapper or um, Dr. Mario. Yeah, I'll just like play like really old games that I used to from my childhood and that'll give me like stress relief and it'll be fun or I'll play um, Battle Tetris or something. See, I never find this hold up as well as you think. It's like you'll boot up an old game and you have like this great memories, like, uh, you know, Simpsons Arcade on XBLA. Oh. And then you'll you'll boot it up and you'll be like, <laughs> yeah. I wasted hundreds of dollars on this. Like, this sucks. Yeah, I played you know? through that with my daughter on free play. And that Oof. was like a that was like Oof. a death march. It's so boring <laughs> on oh, free play. Terrible. There's like nothing to that game. It just becomes really obvious that they were intended to steal children's quarters, because once you don't have the quarters implementation it's like oh there's nothing nothing happens in this it's crazy so what about you anyway um i i don't get embarrassed easily so this was hard for me but here's the only one that whenever i play this i'm like i should really be playing something else there on a lot of windows pcs there are like minesweeper solitaire those games i like those but some of them have a pinball game has, has any oh, of that, you ever that played space that? pinball game? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's so dumb. And anytime <laughs> I play it, I'm like, I could actually be playing like a real game. And I don't play it very often, but it's really fun. And if I boot it up, then I end up losing a lot of time to it. And I've talked about Metroid Prime Pinball on the show before, which is a game that's actually really, really great. I like but that pinball game. Yeah. is so straightforward, and like, there's really nothing to it like the game mechanics for pinball haven't really changed over time and they're probably not going to and pretty much every pinball game is very similar but i still really enjoy them so and i feel kind of guilty about it because it's like i know that there's nothing to the game that makes it interesting and so i feel like i'm not really exercising my brain at all by playing these games there's not really any inherent difficulty i'm just kind of like well, there's two hours gone or five hours <laughs> gone or whatever. So, yeah, I, I only feel guilty about how much time it, it takes up. But, yeah, pinball. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really – I'm really not really ashamed of anything that I play either. But I've spent <laughs> an unwise amount of time playing Bejeweled over the course of my life. And to the point where I actually had a fairly significant Bejeweled Blast addiction for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was I, a good game. Yeah. Bejeweled is really good. It is it really is. good. It is really good. I but went it's through like, a phase. I went through a phase. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but like any <laughs> sort of a bejeweled ma- experimentation. But it's no, like, I mean, I just, yeah. I just yeah. got sick of it. Honestly, yeah. it doesn't stay good forever. I just kind of got sick of it. But, but it's like yeah. any sort of like a match three type of thing. Like I'll try at least once. I mean, even not Candy Crush, but other I than was that, ask. You can no, play Candy Crush. No, because I, I don't. Because so those people are are evil, and I don't want to even give download the game. But like any anything else, like <laughs> a puzzle quest or a. You know, anything that has like even close to that kind of mechanic, I'll probably try at least once and probably spend way too much time on. Can I ask why? Why is there, you know, I, I know developers that work for King and they're they're good people. Like I know yeah, one yeah. woman that's a, you know, she's an engineer for them and, you know, they pay her well. She likes her team. I understand <sighs> that like their, their IAP is a bad mechanic. And I've talked about that, but evil. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I think do you that, really believe uh, no, that? No, evil's, evil's being a little bit harsh. I, see, here's here's what offends me is in general is I don't – and we've talked about this I think before. But I don't like when I don't feel like the game that I'm playing is fair. Okay. And I feel like – and maybe they're doing it. Maybe they're not. I'm pretty sure they are. I, I feel like they are turning the screw, turning the wheels behind the scenes – to you know not you know like back when you used to play tetris like forever ago and you'd be waiting and waiting and waiting for the straight block to come and it wouldn't come and you would be like sure that the computer was holding it back on you and it probably wasn't i mean maybe it was a little bit but it probably wasn't but i'm like 99 percent sure that they are and i don't like playing a game where i don't feel like it's like i have a fair chance to win based on my skill Right. For Candy Crush, I think that they, you have a fair chance to win based on your skill. I don't think that they actually change the game mechanics as their rules. I think that they make some levels that are infinitely difficult on purpose so that it will frustrate you right. and you will end up going through it. And so in that way, and I, I think that they do that and they have no, like, I don't think they feel bad about that. It was no, just a smart marketing ploy, right? Because it works. Um, but I, I totally get that, you know, it, it's just a, a dastardly addicting game and I, I love it. Yeah. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I've played a ridiculous amount of it at this point. I hear you. Yeah. All right. So ATLDS asks, I want to know if you finish all the games you talk about on the show and if not, how or when do you decide to stop playing? Mm, good one. You know, for me as a developer, I get to tax deduct pretty much everything I buy. Um, you know, so that right there lowers the cost of buying a lot of games and all the more so now that I have... You know, I have a podcast where I talk about games every week, and, you know, I speak at industry events all the time, like PAX East, you know, um, GDC. So my job is to have a base level of literacy about games, and that helps, like, with designing game mechanics, with, you know, writing about games, or talking about games. So... I have no problem whatsoever in picking up a game, and if I don't like it, like aborting. Uh, like uh, Wolfenstein, you know, I played what, like five hours of that. And, you know, I think I paid $30 for it and I just wasn't enjoying it. So I went and played a game that I am enjoying. So I would say I very rarely beat games. It has to really, really hook me. I just feel no guilt about that. There's nothing that's more precious than my time. Yeah, it's the same way. I mean, even more given how little time I have to play games, the only time that I have to play games is in my free time. And even then, some of those games are only after the kids go to bed. Right. And I have, you know, I've generally when I'm talking about a game here, I've probably put two to three, maybe four hours into it at the time, because that's just however much time I've had to play in a game during the week. And if this is why I do Gamefly, 
because which is not they're not a sponsor it's just something that i've i've done for a long time because i know that i don't i like to try a lot of games and i don't know what i'm gonna like and i like to keep an open mind but i have no qualms about giving a game a couple of hours and then saying this is not for me and sending it back um and and it's just like i'm not gonna force my way through a game just for the sake of forcing my way through a game like i i know what i like and i know what i don't and i like to keep an open mind but uh, there's a point where i just know this is not for me and then i i abandon i abandon ship yeah, Steve, this isn't a joke. And, you know, if we're if we can't talk about this, like we can edit it out. But you, know, you, you posted something this week about, you know, finding out that you have ADD. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I have to say, I thought like as I was reading that, a like I have a, I have a ton of compassion for it. And right. I think that's that's great that you can go and, you know, like find something new about yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, um, but I think that. You know, it seems like there's motif all through this show that you do tend to like games you can pick up and put down. Yeah. And I think that that it's it's very clear to me that this tendency affects the kind of games that you're you're, you're cognitively drawn to. No doubt. And I think that's yeah, this is not a joke. I think that's why you like desert golf. Yeah. Know, no, it, is, it, it, no, I've thought yeah. about that a lot. Yeah. I've honestly, over the last two months, and, and that post that I'll put a link in the show notes, but that post has been sitting in my queue for two months mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, two months ago was when I started going down this path and then I got the diagnosis earlier this week. Um, today is actually my first day taking medication, which is interesting. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see if that's going to help and, and help me get into games that I've not been able to get into. Mm-hmm. But that that absolutely is. I mean, I think I even said that on the in that post. I mean, not desert golfing, but Diablo for sure. I've been playing a lot of Katamari games lately. That's that's in that same kind of realm because that's really time boxed. A lot of games like that that where I can get into it, get bored, and then stop it in the middle, and then come back to it or not come back to it or just it's going to be short. I, absolutely, that's. I wonder if that's Steve, if that's a, a thing of the ADD, or if it's just the thing of parenting. Because I also it's part, do. So it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, because I also find that like there are some games that are are in depth and I can get into, but because there's such a time sink of I don't know if someone's going to cry or this and that's going to happen, that I want a game that is going to have a faster um, ease of me getting into it. I don't want to put a long investment beforehand because I don't have that much time. So a game that I can get into really really quickly and enjoy then I don't mind. But if I have to like learn a whole bunch of really difficult button moves, I'm like, ah, and I'm gonna have to train to get better at it just because I have time is so limited. Um, so I wonder if it's a mixture of, of both of those things. It's definitely worse now than now after I have the kids than it was. Um, because I used to spend a lot of time playing like civilization games, which I haven't played in a while, which is, you know, something I said in the post and like games, like, like an RPG, like, I picked up, what was it, like a year or two ago that Nino Kuni came out? And I really wanted to get into that game because I'm a big Miyazaki fan. I don't like movies, but in general, but I do like Miyazaki. And that Nino Kuni was the JRPG that was based off of the Studio Ghibli. Um, it, it, Miyazaki did the, a lot of the art for it and stuff like that. And I wanted to like the game, but I just couldn't. I, it, it moved so slowly that I couldn't get into it. And it's it's definitely something that's gotten worse since I've had the kids, but... It's it's also kind of affected what kind of games I'm playing, and I'm hoping that mm-hmm. that will that'll kind of loosen that up a little bit for me, right? And and that I will be able, like I'm I, I'm hoping to. I keep saying this, but now that I have the Vita, I'm hoping to get into one of the the PlayStation Final Fantasies, and I want to play through one of those, and right. I, I I'm excited about that. 
So right. I'm hoping that that will kind of, you know, take take the edge off that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just, you know, Steve, I, I adore your daughters. I yeah, think yeah. they're, I have a blast every time I go over, like I played Smash with them at a, a lot. But the level of chaos in your, your house <laughs> is, this isn't, yeah. like, it is higher than my other friends with kids. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's it's just easy for me to understand how that would affect anyone. You know, like I leave your house sometimes. And I feel like I'm, I've been like freebasing sugar. You know? so. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you see me when, when we're when we're anywhere with them, and my head's on a swivel the whole time right, because there's right, always right. something's going on, right? And right. I and I don't ever get a chance to just kind of you know have a conversation. So right. they're so cute, though. Then, yeah, cute. that's why we can't let them keep living in the <laughs> yeah. house. Right, right. <laughs> that's why you keep them. Yeah, that's Aww. why we say I'll keep them for one more day, my little ones. Okay, good, good. They're doing well. <laughs> Um, anyone else have anything on this or you want to move on? Let's move on. Okay. Nah, I'll just say one more thing, which is that it's weird okay. that that person is like, how do you decide when to stop playing? Like, what a weird way to put that, right? Mm. Like, I don't know. You just stop playing when you want to stop, right? I think there's a personality type of people that want, that feel like they're like completionists, that if they've started something, yeah. they feel that they should, it is only right if you are one of those, then you already know, and you're not going to be able to stop being who you are. And I'm sorry, because I am able to stop whenever I want to stop. If it's a game, a book, I'll stop reading a book right before the end. If I'm done with the book, I'm like, no, this got stupid. I'll do that. And I've always been that way. <laughs> but I think wow, there's a difference Maddie. between doing it for yourself and, do, and, and just when we're going to talk about something on the show, I think is the, the difference. That's definitely true. And I, I, like Bree said, my answer would be a lot similar to Bree's in the sense that I'm lucky. I get a lot of games for free. And I also am unlucky in that sometimes I'm required to play games that I don't want to play. So I am used to doing that. So, so there are other elements, but if I'm playing something just to see if it's good, because I'm like, maybe I'll write a column about this, or I feel like I need to know about this game and it isn't good and I can figure that out, then I'll be like, I got the gist here. I don't like this. I'm done. <laughs> I think for us being older too, I think it's really easy to forget what it's like to be, you know, like, Come oh, on, yeah. don't you guys remember when, you know, $60 was yeah. a ton of money? Well, also like the period of time when I didn't buy my own games and my parents picked them and anything that they finally agreed to get me, I would just keep playing for as long yeah. as I had to. Right, right, right. Didn't matter how bad like, the game was. I'm playing yeah. this game. It's my <laughs> only game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I, that wasn't, I, I still remember what that was like. So I'm sympathetic to that. Or, or even just being right out of college and like, well, I'm, you know, not really going to do anything except I paid money for this. I don't, I don't really have money to do anything not else. Not having enough money, so only buying one game, and maybe that game turns out to be not that great, but that's the game you bought, so you just keep playing it. Yeah, that happens at any age that you can't afford to buy all the games, or you aren't in the industry and you don't get stuff for free. Most of our listeners are probably in that position. <laughs> All right, so JM underscore men one says, do we get to hear me or Georgia pronounce Wario this year? So yes, you just did. And I pronounce it I pronounce it the way you would expect. It's, you don't pronounce it Wario. I don't pronounce it Wario because that would just be weird. Huh. Well, <laughs> would it though? Because you pronounce Mario Mario. It actually sounds less weird to me. What, Wario? Wario? Well, yeah, I, I would think that you would keep it commensurate with your, your incorrect, weird pronunciation. Yeah, I agree. Like I feel like it's the... weirder that you're not keeping them the same. Right. That's you know what? Weirder. That's what makes me a special snowflake. That's Aww. a great point. That's a great like point, that. Steve. That's a great answer. 
Uh, so Jack Ben writes uh, ideas for how to introduce total non-gamers to video games. The, the best way is to find out what kind of a game that they're going to enjoy. What type of personality type are they? What do they like to do in real life? I like I'm a forager. I like to forge things. So I like games where I get to forge and I'm a puzzle solver. I like to deal with games that have puzzles in them and I like psychological issues. So I like games with deep characters that have non-straightforward interactions with different things and why did they do this? Um, so once you get the psychology of the person, Take a psychology degree, no. Um, But once you know what type of person they are, you can kind of lead them to a game that is going to hit those special, like a game that's really good is that game that time, you get that flow experience and you don't know that time is moving. You're just in this game and it feeds that wound in you or it feeds that want in you or you get to live through vicariously through a character in some way in which you want And those are the best of games. So once you know your friend really well, take a look at what they enjoy doing and then try to find a game that will simulate that and give them a nice dopamine shot. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) No, I mean, we all have SOs that are, you know, not as into games as we are. I mean, is that is that accurate? Or at least I do. Big time. And I'm I'm always looking for games that are their quote unquote Frank games. You know, it's like I probably wouldn't have bought Saints Row Three, but I saw that and I'm like, Yep, that's a Frank game. And you know, I saw that with uh Captain Toad, which Frank got beyond addicted to and did nothing for three days but play that game. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I really agree with that. I think it's I could tell you what not to do. Um, don't bring them into Halo and just murder them. Yeah. Oh my again. God. You yes. Know? Don't do that. And, and also <laughs> like try not to be me and be super disappointed if they aren't into the same games that you want them to be, you know, like it. And also, also maybe like assume that even if they aren't super good at something at first, they can get good at it later. Like, like, I think a lot of times people assume that, like, a person who has never played any games before is also stupid and will therefore never be good. And in my experience, that's not true. And that usually it just it, there's a learning curve. But but even something um, pretty difficult, people can people can get. You just have to be patient with them. And, and a lot of times, like, just go through the tutorial a couple of times. But, like, assume the person isn't stupid and, and don't be condescending <laughs> to them. I, I think a lot of people get turned off of gaming because the first person to introduce them is is extremely condescending towards them without meaning to be. And I I don't know. I guess just bear that in mind. Don't don't treat them like they're an idiot. They've watched movies. They've read books. They know about stories. Just just you know assume they're smart. The lucky yeah. ten thousand approach is always kind of the best way to go. Just like this is really awesome, and I really want you to enjoy it. And yeah, if, you know, if you don't, then that's great. But. You know, I think that going that way instead of like, you know, the condescending route is usually going to be. Yeah, like just giving up if they if they screw up and being like, clearly you can't get it. And that kind of attitude. Just just try to be like open minded about it. You know, I was I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, worked on a studio for a game we devastated on this podcast. Oh, no. And uh, I was talking. I feel so bad. No, no, no. I, I was talking to them and they were like, um, well, you know, the 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 head of development here, like all they would talk about as we were developing this game was how dumb Americans were and they needed everything pointed out to them. And it's like as we were sitting here playing it, like all of us were like, well, where do we go next? What do we do next? And it was so clear that that game was not designed with 
a love for the player being first and foremost. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're holding the player up with contempt, you're doing it wrong. And that goes for showing your friend the game. It goes for developing the game. I mean, you've got to respect people's experiences. It's like my husband is awful at many kinds of games. He has a PhD in bacterial genetics and four Hugo Awards. Like Frank is not a dumb man, you know, but yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, he lacks, he didn't grow up playing these games like I did and frankly got better grades because of it. So, you know, <laughs> like, like you just, you have to give him patience. And sometimes like I have to give him the controller and just leave the room because it drives me crazy watching him fail <laughs> over and over again. But you, you have to give people like grace for where they are, you know? So also like people are good at different things. Like Zach is great at 2d things and I can play halo and you know, that's okay. Like just, you're going to figure out what the person is good at. You just have to try a couple things and they're going to find something that they like and tell you what it is. And then there's going to be a million other games in that style probably. <laughs> and encourage so, them. Yeah. yeah. You know, let, let it be fun. Not, not as <laughs> to just decim- or was it you Maddie that said, don't decimate them in a game. Yeah, just yes. don't bring them in Halo and Don't do them. that. Or, and don't be disappointed if, if they're terrible at something. Also, Halo is really hard, so don't make the game Halo. <laughs> right. That's a good advice. That's good advice. It, don't it play really Halo. It really is. It really, really is. Halo has a too steep of a learning curve. Yeah. Halo, And if you do start with a first-person shooter, don't make it Halo. Just don't. Don't do it. Don't make my <laughs> mistakes in life. At least the Left 4 Dead games let you play as co-op. So Yeah, they do, actually. We've really enjoyed those. Steve, you also called like a uh, Portal Two cooperative mode, divorce mode, right? <laughs> like that well, game is so really bad. I, I love to that. Play so that. you never really yeah. know. You Wait, never know. Steve, yeah. try try. I'm pretty sure that. Well, I've I've never actually played Portal Two co-op mode. I've usually oh, okay. when I've referred to divorce mode, it's been in new. It's been in uh, New Super Mario. New Super Brown Mario, Brothers. which I agree okay. with. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay, we were about to play it, and I don't want it to end for oh, us. Don't. Oh, don't. Oh, maybe don't. Okay. I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> Well, fights huh. have been had. <laughs> oh no! Good luck. That's okay. all I'll say. Okay. Yeah. No, I I haven't played that with Maureen because Maureen just doesn't do first person at all. So we've tried like Left 4 Dead and it just hasn't gone well. So. Right. Well, Portal moves a little slower. Yeah. It's not like a shooting game. It's puzzles. No, I know. So. I mean, I, I I know, but it I've brought it up and she hasn't been interested in it, which is fine. Aww. I don't I don't push things on her if she's gonna if she's not gonna like Actually, it. Actually. Yeah. A completely good way to go. <laughs> and I know what she likes and what she doesn't. And I try to buy things that are up in her wheelhouse. Like I just bought through the PSN flash sale. I just bought the first two seasons of The Walking Dead because I know she loves The Walking Ooh. Dead. And she likes that type of. I think she. Yeah, that's those are good. Yeah, she likes that type of game. So I think she would she would enjoy that, even though I don't enjoy that type of game. It's not about me. So mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, um, you know, I know it hasn't gotten a lot of press but the last tomb raider game the one that came out the temple of osiris is so good to play oh i bought with that your... too i bought oh, that too we talked God. about it on the show oh, and it's i'm so I'm meaning good. to buy it it's so good because it's like one person can do combat and i'm really good at combat but the other person gets to sit there and help you figure out the puzzle so like it, it's just the perfect game for a couple to play and i just i love that game i think it's so much better than the last one yeah, that actually just reminds me we need to start playing it because I bought it like over Christmas. Yeah, I guess we're, we're at about an hour, so we may as well start talking about what we're playing. So, Georgia, you want to start? Sure. So, um, I, since we did our, our game of the year and uh, we went through all kinds of things, 
I wanted to um, play one of the games on the list that I didn't get to beforehand. So I had my husband download the demo as we are right now downloading the actual version. And so what I played this week was uh, Bayonetta 1. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, and I was, well, I was really worried because I'm like, I might hate this game, um, which is totally cool because it could happen. But yeah, I loved it. I thought it. I thought it was oh, really Georgia. great. I loved it. it was, You're one of us now. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. I loved the um, mix of the play dynamics. I loved the tutorial of how to go through. So I got practice time on each of the moves that I was going to get to yeah. use. Uh-huh. The animations of the fights were super sweet, cool. And then when I started the beginning part of playing, when I jump down, butterflies shoot out of my body. And I was like, oh, I love this. And you can fly around and I got the wings and I was like, this is sick, cool. Um, So I absolutely loved it. The only thing I'm worried about is I'm worried that it's going to be kind of like a God of War thing where the fighting becomes kind of dull and I'm doing the same thing constantly and I might get annoyed with it if that is the case. Well, they try to change up the types of enemies that you fight a lot and the types of bosses that you fight to, to counteract that. And you get lots of different kinds of moves. So so there is some sameness there, but I managed to enjoy it all the way through both games. I don't know. Bree, what do you think? I, I agree. I thought it got very repetitive. Like I found one combo that really worked, but they mix it up with the like, you know, the games that are reminiscent of the old Sega titles. So I don't know. I think um, I don't know. I think it's I great. Mean, <laughs> I think the story, like the jokes in those games make me laugh. The characters are so silly and like that keeps me going. And I like reading all the silly journal entries and everything. So to me, that is part of what makes it fun is just that it's so silly and I laugh at it. But um, yeah, I would probably be pretty samey if not for that aspect. But I, I have to ask what you thought of the, did you think it was sexist? Like, you know, that's obviously been a very right. big I'll, comment I'll, on the game. Yeah, I I, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that looking at a beautiful woman is to me sexist. I don't think that that is what my definition of sexist is. I think of sexist as a woman that is disempowered or used as candy or um, just a, a not an active player and empowered in her own destiny. So I think that there's nothing wrong with sexuality. I think there's nothing wrong with looking good. I think there's nothing wrong with the way that she carried herself. I love that she wore glasses. I loved her. All of, I loved her outfit. I thought it was really cool. I didn't think it was one of the most sexist, even looking physically at her. And this yeah, is the there's first been version. Worse, I'm like, honestly. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. And oh, also, I like, it's really cool. Yeah, and she's yeah, got guns whatever. and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. no one's gonna mess with her. Also, um, like, I've, you play as her. I mean, obviously, I've written about this a lot. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you play as her is a really big deal, I think. Right. And she's not why the game works or whiny or, you know, always hoping that someone else will, will rescue her. Um, I, li- I liked it. I thought it was really great. I thought it was very pro-female, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was my feeling on it. I think you're either in on the Bayonetta joke or you're not. And this is why, like, Maddie, I think this way you and I get so angry because, like, I can't tweet about Bayonetta with, like, 500 dudes showing up. I just don't even talk about it anymore, honestly, because it, like, just ruins my Twitter immediately. And, like, I completely agree with what you just said, which is that either you think the joke 
there is funny or you don't. And if you don't think it's funny, then you just are infuriated by it, apparently, or so Twitter seems to be. So it's just like, I can't explain it to you. If you don't think that this is funny, then sorry, and you don't have to play it. That's all I can say, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is so tragic about the game industry is so many guys equate like feminism with like desexualizing women. And I think it's like such a false equivalence. And I think it's like just a terrible idea that this is the whole idea that we go to. And like Bayonetta, like, I mean, all three of us played that. Like you want to be Bayonetta, right? Like she's, she's completely awesome. She has guns in her shoes. Like she kicks a jet. Like this jet is racing towards her in the sequel. Yeah. Great outfit. She's <laughs> kicks the jet right up in the air. And a great and outfit. Like, That's awesome. But you know, Steve, you were looking at her and you're like, well, I find that art style kind of disturbing, which it, well, which it kind of is, you know? So it is. It's not that I have a problem with it. I just, you know, it's not. It doesn't appeal. It's to it's more the gameplay that doesn't appeal to me than anything else. It's <laughs> not. It's not that I have a problem with the character. It's the problem that I've played games like Devil May Cry and they bore the, they bore me to tears. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's you know, I mean, it's not. It it's easy to get to. That's kind of your first stage when you're starting to learn about this kind of stuff, especially when you're you know trying to. You know, you're trying to understand what deprogram yourself from what video games have taught you for the last 25 years. <laughs> and the first thing is, while everybody's complaining about da- about Dragon's Crown, is that the name of it? Dragon's Crown? Yeah. yeah. The one with the, the woman who has, like, beach balls ha- mm-hmm. hanging out of her chest. Mm-hmm. It's Dragon's Crown. And, um, you know, and all oh, that's bad. So I guess that's what's bad. And it's it kind of takes you actually learning what is you know, what feminism is to be able to understand the nuances there. But it's kind of like you, you kind of overcorrect so much and you just say, well, no, it's all, you know, everyone should be wearing, uh, you know, should be wearing long sleeves and long pants and, right, you know, right. and never, never, you know, show their body because ev- that's all wrong. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, that's what, that's not why I haven't played Bayonetta. The only reason I haven't played Bayonetta is because I don't like that type, that type of game generally. Cool. Awesome. So that's what I'm playing. Okay. <laughs> well, Are you going to beat I'm it? So glad Are you going to beat it? it? Yeah. I yeah, I'm going to I we have to the the download was uh happening beforehand, so I was playing the demo during that point and then I'm oh, going to yeah. play it out and see how I feel about the game Yay. when it's finished. And then you'll have to get a Wii U so you can play Bayonetta 2. I mean, I have a whole I have a few I have a few systems that are that I'm going to have to pick up. <laughs> You should get Wii U anyway. Yeah, you it's should. A good system. You yeah. should. Yeah. You should. It's got some yeah. good stuff on there finally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Maddie, what are you playing this week? Um, okay, so I'm still away, and I still have my 3DS, so still Fantasy Life. But last night, um, uh, right before New Year's Eve, Zach and I played some Street Fighter and downloaded some mods. And there's a Samus various suit mod for Crimson Viper out there on the internet if people want to find that, and it's very cool. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> I don't okay. have anything interesting else to say. I'm sorry. Oh, That's okay. I mean, what I can, what more could I say about? We're those just games? happy you're here, Maddie. That's all. I, exactly. you know, yeah, thank you. I I'm excited to go home and play more video games. I'll talk <laughs> about them next week or awesome. two weeks from now. I don't know what our recording schedule is anymore, you guys. <laughs> Whenever the next time we talk is. No, every time I travel, I, I try to remember to bring at least one console with me because I mean, Fantasy Life is a is a great one to bring on a plane. By the way, I think very relaxing. 
I'm always waiting to go on trips because I have like my 3DS or Vita titles to really catch up on those mobile games. Oh, Do yeah, you know definitely. I, mean? I was like, thinking about exciting. getting um, Fire Emblem soon so that I can finally play that. Yeah, that's I a, have to tell that's you, a good I game. didn't like it. I didn't you didn't, like but everybody's obsessed like it. with it. Well, I'll try it out and I'll let you know what I think. You, you know what? I liked I liked the first few hours of that. I played that on a, on a work trip going to and from Phoenix, and I played that pretty much the whole way there and the whole way back. I didn't really play it since, and I I think the problem is that I feel like I have to be like a hundred percent on to be able to play that game because it takes like all of your mental all of your mental energy and if i'm not like feeling Ooh, like 100 percent, which i'm not that usually doesn't not, sound like it's gonna yeah. be my thing yeah Uh-oh. it's it's really it's really deep it's really okay. deep and there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance there and if you're not like giving it your full attention it can be it can be kind of a slog hmm. huh. i feel like i have to give it a shot because too many people have told me that it's like their favorite game so i'll at least try it and then i will decide to stop playing it i can lend you my bad. copy if you want if you want maddie if you don't want to spend the money on it um, I'll see how much it's on sale for these days okay. and let you know. It's a Nintendo game, so probably not much. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so, Brie, what are you playing this week? Uh, you know, I have newfound respect for reviewers when they say there's nothing worse than playing a game that you have to get through. Because, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I played through pretty much every single game that we talked about for our Game of the Year show. You know, um, I think I missed the one on Abuse. What was the the name Curtain. of that game? Yeah. Curtain. I didn't play that, but I mean, overwhelmingly, like I, you know, I made time to play every single game on that list. And... And there were a lot of games. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'd spent so much time over the last, you know, month, like getting ready for that show, uh, that I I just couldn't sit down and like play a new game because I'd just been going through so many <laughs> games that I didn't want to play. Like, um, you know, this War of Mine, very good game, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. You know, <laughs> I won't like, disagree I, uh, with you on that. Well, yeah. but I mean, it was so... Steve, come on, man. <laughs> it was a tough play. It was No, it was. I told you what, I told you at the time it was a tough play. I mean, yeah, okay. I, maybe, anyway. I didn't, maybe I didn't sell it no, hard you, enough. Actually, you did. And when you were describing it, I was dreading it. I was like, I'm so depressed and I'm going to download this game and play it. Okay, great. But I did it for you, Steve. So <laughs> I know, and me. I appreciate You owe me that. a lot of caramel delights in I the will, you, you let me know how many you want and I will get them for you. Aww. 73. Okay. <laughs> wow, anyway, that was a very specific The Girl number. Scouts will really appreciate your donation. <laughs> $3 a box, right? I can probably afford $4 that. $4 a box. Whoa, it's gone up since I was a brownie. I know. <laughs> okay. Used to brownie extortions. This is why they teach you about inflation in the Girl Scouts. Guys, I was a brownie. Did you know that? I wore a little jumper and everything. I was really, I, really bad I want to see very young Maddie like just selling cookies. Um, like, I, want a I did a really bad Facebook. job, Brie. I yeah, really. Mostly, yeah. I walked around town and like didn't knock on people's doors and then <laughs> said that nobody wanted any. I, oh. yeah. <laughs> you I was really, system. really shy. I was so shy, and so much of that job is about like. It's not cold calls. It's like ringing doorbells. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Brie, somebody Brie, wait, wait. <laughs> so, Okay, so, well, I guess I have to start uh, monologuing about Mass Effect again. So, um, you know, I... I see a I, trend. I know, right? Um, no, I, I wanted to play a game that I love. And, you know, I'm working my way through Mass Effect 3 again. And I just... That game is so un 
fairly scrutinized. And I just want to like have a little bit of a, a rant here about how much angry gamer culture ruins that game for normal people. Because like, I'm sorry, we have the whiniest, worst culture of any population on <laughs> earth. It's like, what is this, this mob, this angry mob going to get pissed about now? And it's like, Bioware comes out with this game and it is a good game. It has fantastic characters. Vega is a great character. It goes through and it has all these conflicts that have been set up over the entire series. The genophage, boom, solved. Like, what happens with Grunt? Boom, solved. What's going on with Rex? Boom, solved. What happens with the Quarians and the, um, you know, the Geth? Boom, solved. And it, like, goes through and it is the best game in the series at giving you situations where you cannot win. You know, like, trying to figure out what to do with Morden in that game is the hardest choice I've ever made in a video game. Trying to figure out, like, I'm sorry, this game's been out for a while, so spoilers. Trying to figure out if, like, you're going to let Tali die or Legion. It is so gut-wrenching. And that is a good game. Like, the core shooting mechanics are a little bit not as great. And I agree the plot is not as great as Mass Effect 2. But Mass Effect 2 is like the best game ever made. And you have a sequel to it that's almost as good. They listen to all this angry nerd explosion. They go through, they beef up the endings, and they change them in a way where I don't care how diehard a Mass Effect fan you are. The, the extended endings, like, go through. They let you know what happened with the, um, what are the spider race? I'm blanking on them with the, uh... If you the, don't know, Bree, we have no queen. hope. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. The arachnid queen. The arachnid queen. Like, yeah, it goes through and finds out all these little decisions. And they turn the ending into this epic, long movie that you watch. And it still has this angry, like, you'll talk to people on Twitter, and they're like, Mass, Mass Effect 3 sucks. Mass Effect 3 sucks. It's like, screw you. I work with Unreal. <laughs> and as I play that game, I am overwhelmed with the amount of work that, like, redoing the Normandy, what they did there. Like, with modifying the combat systems, with what they did there. The multiplayer is so good. It's There's so no good. multiplayer so experience I've enjoyed as much as that multiplayer. And nerds are unhappy. And I'm so <laughs> sick of nerd anger ruining this beautiful work that people, the best people in the entire field, pour their lives into. And they have these angry nerds that just, like, sit back in their chair and go, meh, which is, like, the most joyless, angry, dissatisfied word that just sums up everything that's broken about an entire two generations of humans. Like, let me sit back in my chair and, like, make a big deal about how unsatisfied I am, like, with your, your ability to entertain me. Screw you. Mass Effect 3 is awesome. So, yeah. but tell us how you really feel. I'm really pissed off. That is a good game. <laughs> you know, I played that. I play, I finished that like a year after it came out. Like I like right. I was saying earlier, and I made a point to play the original ending cuz I didn't want to have like the fixed ending. I wanted to know what everyone was upset about after avoiding it for like a year and a half, right? And I just like I can understand how maybe you could get uh, be dissatisfied with the way that it ended if you really 
were that invested in your choices and were expecting that all like 7,000 choices that you made throughout the three games was somehow going to be reflected in like a myriad of endings. But it's like the ending was was fine. And I'm like, this is what all these people were going to, you know, this is the sword these people are going to die on. Like, really? It wasn't that bad. So I don't know. I didn't I didn't think the ending was all that bad to begin with. And, you know, it's kind of funny looking at it after, you know, everything had died down and like, really, this is this is what you guys were so upset about. Like, the, go go play Go play outside for a bit. Georgia, as a as a therapist, what's going on with us? Yeah, I'm not I'm not joking here. I'm not no. joking. What is happening with the entire culture where we have a mob mentality and we're so angry and dissatisfied and we just go from thing to thing tearing it apart? What is wrong with us? I think that people want to have a cohort or something that they're a part of, a club. And people don't, we are less social and less outside and less things that we can deal with and feel a part of. And right now, unfortunately, the main culture is about complaining about something because we're relatively entitled. And some of us are a little bit upset or not, or feeling frustrated with where we are in our own lives. And it lets off some steam. It lets off some anger. It lets you feel part of a cohort. And then the more angry you are about something, the the higher you, you hit the ranks of your club and then you get noticed and other people will retweet you and that gives you that gratification. And so it's one of these kind of negative spin, like, and someone will, like, you'll see someone actually say something positive and everyone will, like, jump on them, right? Because <laughs> that's the next person. A dissenting opinion is not something that is a part of the group. And so then everyone can feel a part of attacking that one person that has a difference in opinion. But I, I think it's very pervasive right now in our culture because so many people um, don't feel a part of something and there are no like, you know, often any clubs or other things that they can complain or rant mm. about and feel safe in doing so. And well, games are relatively safe to do that. Well, I think it I think it destroys careers and I think it hurts people. And I don't think it's I I, I think it's very far from a victimless crime. You know, I, I know people that worked on that Mass Effect team. They are some of the smartest people in the entire business. And I just I, I wish that we could I wish that people would take a beat and be more appreciative of the art and work that got poured into these products for people. And there are people that sacrificed their lives for years, worked crunch to bring you these games. Like people don't work in the game industry to like get rich. Like you work here because you deeply care about the product. And I just wish we could feel less entitled about that, you know? Yeah. I think it's the same thing that happens, though, with celebrities. We don't see them as people, so they're almost fair game for us to trash on. Um, and they, they also feel really hurt and very sensitive to when people make, you know, negative comments about what they're doing or what they produced or what music they had. Um, we, we unfortunately don't really see them as people, which is a sad state for where our culture is right now. But, you know. My my blocker, the person I played, pay to block people on my Twitter for me. Like she was telling me yesterday, she's like, I had to block somebody for uh, being verbally abusive about what you had for lunch. <laughs> and I just, I think like when you get to what that in the world point, did you have for lunch? That's I had, like serious. Man. I had meat, and someone that was a vegetarian was okay. screaming okay. at me. Like, how could I believe in feminism and believe in eating meat? Oh. And it's like there's nothing wrong with being a vegetarian. I thought a lot about becoming one myself, but it's just 
you know, oh, like being a public figure sucks. And then if you ate, <laughs> if you drank Soylent for lunch, they would have been yelling about you. Oh you God, about that people too. are so up in my business about Soylent. It's really <laughs> yeah, crazy. it's anything you do. Yeah. It's just right. anything. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Steve, what are you playing? All right. For the last night of Hanukkah, I gave Skylander Swap, the Skylander's Trap Team, to my daughters. So we've been playing that a lot over the past week. And I've, you know, I complain a lot about how much money I spend on those games. But at the end of the day, it's worth like every penny that I put into that because that game is actually really, really well done. And I forget when when I'm like six months removed and I start looking at how much I'm going to have to pay you know, for for a portal and then for for figures and whatever, I I grouse about it. But for an introductory game for kids, it really does not get any better than these at all. You know, it's a pretty straightforward dungeon crawler, but it's got a lot of personality. This new this new uh, mechanic where you can kind of some of the bigger enemies you can beat them and then you can trap them in these traps and then they have these little missions where they get to redeem themselves by doing like public service for some of the other the other people in the world and it's just we've been playing it like every night since we got it and the kids absolutely the problem is that it's the only problem with it is that it's only it's only two people who can play at a time so we inevitably Mm -hmm. get into fights over who gets to play who gets to play when but you know that's that's life with three kids but but other than that it's 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 a ton of fun and i'm you know as much as i complain about how much money i spend on figures it's honestly i feel better spending like a couple hundred dollars all told on that game than I do on like buying a whole bunch of like, you know, lesser games that are, that are, you know, not nearly as good. So how is it, you know, when I've looked at that game, like I see very few female characters and it's about 25%. Okay. Okay. I mean, is it, is it solid? Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with someone on Twitter a week ago and they actually went and ran the numbers and it was like, it was something like there's like 18 to 20 characters out of every set and like six to eight of them were female. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's not great. But the one thing is that the um, the speaking roles, there's uh, Flynn, who's played by Patrick Warburton, who's Putty from Seinfeld. And he basically is supposed to be the main character, but he clearly has no idea what he's doing. And it's always <laughs> the female character that that is along with him. There's a there's a, a series of them in the different games, but it's always the female character who's actually telling the characters what to do and and running the whole operation. Well, I don't know if that's, that's any better. Not, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's I don't not know. good because no, like yeah. that's such a common trope. The idea yeah. that yeah. a guy is terrible at everything, and then this amazing woman shows up and teaches him how to do stuff and then he gets all the credit no he doesn't get he doesn't get any of the credit okay but that is a really common plot to a lot of popular films and books (laughs) yeah i know it's not it's not great but it's better than we've made a decision to basically just buy the female the female figures at this point yeah i mean like based on what i know about your daughters they're they don't want to play (laughs) it's it's like i i don't i don't mind spending money i don't like wasting money so it's you know if i buy the if i buy the non-female i buy like one for me and because i need (laughs) because i need like some sort of an element that they don't that they don't have a female character in um but yeah, it's, yeah you yeah. want to affirm your masculinity so yeah. you play as a guy and in skylanders and your daughters play as like 60 different lady characters yeah and that and that's fine so it's <laughs> you know i mean there's enough that we can get you know we can get through most of it without by just buying the female characters at this point but i'm looking yeah. at the starter sex i'm like well maybe i'll give this a try and it's like dudes 
Dudes, dudes, dudes. I mean, um, I don't in know. this one, in this one, there is there was I think Giants had Stealth Elf, who was a who was a female character. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who was in the starter set for Swap Force. I just feel like I'm yeah. always having to pay more money. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, like, with this, you're yeah. going to end you up paying are. the money anyway, though. <laughs> I mean, you, you're, there's no way around it. I mean, you're going to end up there's you basically the starter set and. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about this because I think that the way that they're doing it is, you know, I mean, it's it's really they make a lot of money off of it, but whatever. But you're you need to have more characters that are in the starter set in order to unlock all the content. You can get through the game, you can play the whole game with what's in the starter set, but you can't unlock all the, like going down all the side quests and get all the hats and the collectibles without having. Oh, I've got to have the hats. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a steampunk hat for my uh, my my Crypt King, and that, you that didn't was... tell me there were hats, Steve. Oh, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, other than in- industry research, I don't know how much you would enjoy this because this is basically like my first Diablo. Okay, but and, and if you're going to play that, you may as well just play Diablo. But you know, for something that I can play with the kids, and it does, you know, it does things like it doesn't let them go off on their own screen, so I can actually keep them close and then keep them moving in the right direction. Um, it they just introduced jumping and even the jumping that's in there is really not ne- mo- just needed to get up ledges so it's not like you're jumping over over pits which is where a lot of these types of games will you know they'll end up with a lot of falling down to pits and stuff like that which gets frustrating so it's it is a really good kind of especially for the twins who are just getting used to using the controllers it's really good for them to start learning how to manipulate the controller and move the characters around um, without you you can't without the fear of failure without um a lot of the things that even the lego games f- make really frustrating yeah hmm. so i you know it's it's got its problems it's not perfect i will grant you uh, we try to make it as good as it can and we you know there are enough female characters that they they even you know if we end up on a tough level so what happens is if you lose a life then that figure gets knocked out you have to put another figure on in order to continue so that's cool. really the only thing that happens to failure. So if we get at a tough, le- even if we get in a a tough level, we generally have enough that we can grind through and go through five or six or seven and not have a problem. So maybe I'll just play at your house. Yeah, no, you can come over and there. play and then and oh, see. Oh, speaking of which, are yeah. Georgia? How old are your kids again? Six and nine. Six and nine. That's a little old. So you know, we're about to have a beta of cupcake crisis. So you're gonna have to let me come over. Yeah. And, no. One of the twins that. was yeah. was like drooling over it. She was like really? super excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's gonna be exciting. Not literally, so, but you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Georgia, <laughs> I might, I might send that to you and just get some feedback on that. Yeah. So would love. I'll let my, I'll let my little ones do it. They can give their opinions on it. It's a game about making cupcakes. So. My kids only play limited amount. They have to earn their video game time. So they they get to play anything, they'd be thrilled. Yeah, but this is <laughs> this is work. This is Yeah, work. you could yeah. pose this they, as being like exactly. work for them, like a chore, exactly. like helping helping mommy's right. friend with work. Right. They will they will love it. Yeah, George, George <laughs> talked about all of her all of her arcane rules for video game time on the last vector. It was uh That sounds probably healthy i mean i turned out fine and my parents didn't let me watch tv until after i moved out so it's probably fine well i let them play but they, they earn it they earn their they earn their time so they it's almost like you know that they, they work hard pretty their similar to and how stuff they yeah yeah it's if fine. georgia was my mom i'd have a lot of problems with those rules <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure my kids do too she'd I'm be sure happy to free you from your this. suffering brie 
I should hang out. I'll help them station insurrection. <laughs> oh, they're they're going to grow up and get rebellious even without your help. I think that's human nature. Yeah, and that'll yeah, be fun. for sure. For sure, for sure. I don't, I don't know we how talk my about kids are going to rebel, though, because, like, I play video games and fight and, uh, like, t- you know, my, my brother's house is like a playland, so I have no clue. They'll they're gonna, become, they're like, to do. hardcore jocks, probably. Or, like, like really <laughs> classical, like, pianists or something, something that I don't know how to do, so they can, like, totally, like, just oh, well, rock the house If they the get into classical, classical piano, music. I'll That'd come be over. Cool. That would be, uh, hey, listen, all the more power to them. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> It seems like the more your parents try to push you away from something, like the more you embrace it. Like mine tried to get me to stop playing video games. And I'm a game developer, so it's like <laughs> I feel like I really won that that argument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I have video games yeah. everywhere, so it's not. I'm definitely not like duh, right? I'm playing podcasts. Yeah, we have like an arcade. My brother has pinball machines all in his downstairs, and his his place is like Neverland. So do I'm, as I say, yeah. not as I do, kids. Right. Yeah. That's got to be tricky. I don't mind as long as they earn it. All right. So uh, as always, uh, you can find the show notes for the show and every show at 5by5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Thank you to everybody. We didn't get to all the... All the questions, but thank you to everybody who sent in questions for this show. Uh, Mani Kazameda, uh, ATLDS, JMN1, Jack Ban, uh, Crow Phoenix, Pogo Beta, Toby Pinder, Tangent Worlds, Moral Hazard, Nebula 63, Ideology Light, Michael J. Howard, Swag Fragment, Rowan Zetkowski, and Mike Post. So thank you guys for sending, or guys and ladies, thank you for sending. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for sending uh, those questions in, even though we didn't get to all of them. We really do appreciate it. Um, you can also rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot, and we really love those reviews and that and uh, helps get us a little bit more exposure on iTunes, which also helps out the show. And you can send your feedback uh, for the, to uh, by email to feedback at isometricshow.com. And uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at isometricshow. I am at Wicked Good. And Brie, where can people find you? Giving Maddie Myers a giant non-parent high five like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could say the words like, kids, you can't play this video game without my pants just bursting into flames. I know. That would be really <laughs> tough for me to do. I... Oh, man. Mm. Oh, God. I just, yeah. Uh, also on Twitter. At- <laughs> okay. And Maddie, where can people find you? Um, Probably... <laughs> bugging people on, in ways that I don't intend on Twitter at Samus Clone. Causing trouble. And Georgia, where can people find you? A falconry. There we go. That's from Michael Howard who asked for it in the chat room. Um, you can find me on um, the, I do another podcast called Vector on iMore and also you can find me on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Or read the iPhone 6 plus review at <laughs> iMore.com where you can see Georgia's butt. <laughs> So thank you very much for listening and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Dow, crack a lock,